Magalhaes to Stokes, who's onside. Wagner. Here's Sims. It's a good serve this from Southampton. They could finish the job here. It's Shane Long, and he has done it. Just a minute to play. A stoppage time. Here's Letizia. podcast. Uh, my name is John Bailey and I'm here with... Hi, I'm Tom Parker. Brilliant. Um, so uh, we've decided that there's a, a bit of a, a gap in the market for a decent Southampton football podcast and there's been a couple that have popped up recently. We'll, we'll check out those in due time but uh, we've been playing this for a little while. Um, thought, you know, to hell with it, let's just make a podcast. Um, we're two Saints fans. We're going to be chatting to some Saints legends later today. Uh, Jason Dodds and Paul Madison. Excited about that, Tom? I'm very excited. I think, you know, they're sort of two classic Premier League mid-90s footballers. You don't get that type anymore. So it's going to be, it's going to be good to catch up with them. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And um, I think we'll have a little chat about how things are going in general for Southampton. So um, we obviously lost to West Ham United uh, 3-1 on Saturday. Um, we're in a terrible run of, of form in the league. Um, but, you know, we've got the EFL Cup final to look forward to. Um, but I, I suppose before we get into that, let's um, let's kind of introduce the, the listeners to kind of who we are and why we support Saints. So, Tom, tell us, what's your relationship with Southampton Football Club? Oh, it's a long and tortuous one. Um, my parents are from Southampton. I won't lie, I won't say I am. I, I'm from London. I live in London. My, my parents... Both of them were born there in Blackfield and Forley. Um, my dad went to the 76 Cup final. He took my mum, who he was dating at the time, instead of my, my uncle. And my uncle still, to this day, is angry about that. Um, yeah, I used to, you know, my dad used to take me to the Dell. And, you know, Jason Dodd, Neil Madison, obviously Matty, all these players, Adidia, all the classics. Uh, I was lucky to see them. Um, so, yeah, you know, went to the last game of the Dell cried I sat in the Arsenal end actually when Matty scored the goal uh, cried like well, a baby what were you doing in the Arsenal end well obviously getting tickets to that game was very difficult my dad knew one of the physios at Arsenal one of the masseurs and uh, he managed to sneak us in we were sat next to Jean Tagana really yeah and uh, he was you know, signing autographs for everyone and yeah Wait, so was, was he the Fulham game. manager what was his I don't think he, he well, I think he'd moved on by that time but I think he had a connection with Monaco and with Wenger and with Henri oh, there we go um, who was playing at the time it was a great Arsenal team uh, so I was at that game and yeah you, you know I think supporting Southampton, supporting Southampton is a bit like a part time job isn't it really it's, yeah. it's tough but it's fun okay well um, I'll, I'll let you know why I support Southampton so um, I first got interested in football when I was a little nipper at primary school like, like most young boys and uh, I actually met um, the Liverpool team when they were playing against Bristol Rovers I grew up in Bath and I got really kind of excited by that, got really into football. And my granny was like, oh, you're into football now? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, oh, well, my father was a football player. So your great grandfather was a football player. And then she got out all these photos and stuff. And he'd played for Southampton back in like 1901. I never, I never knew this. Like 1902 season. Um, I don't think he was particularly good, but he scored a couple of goals in the FA Cup. Uh, he was called Albert Hoskins. Interestingly, my two-year-old son is called Albert. That's that's all not make, a coincidence. All makes sense now. <laughs> um, and so then, obviously, you know, with family connection, 
got to support the Saints. So, um, first two Southampton games I watched, we we conceded four goals in both of them. Um, so you know, There's and not then much, not much change there. No, really. I think the last two games I've watched, we conceded three and four goals in yeah. those. So there we go. Um, but yeah, that's how I've ended up being a Southampton fan. Um, didn't go much to the Dell just because it, it was quite difficult to get tickets, as you remember. But yeah. um, as soon as we moved to St Mary's as a season ticket holder, for several years went to university in Southampton just to continue to follow the football team, and uh, and only stopped being a season ticket holder when I moved to London. I think was that in two thousand and eight. Say, but done still, it, still, still get shift. quite yeah, still, still get to quite a few games. Sometimes fortunately and sometimes unfortunately. Yeah, it's been. I think it's one of the great things about being a Saints fan is you pick games because you think I'll go to that because I think we can win it, and then invariably you lose. I I do this. I always, you know, every year I seem to end up going to West Ham, uh, West Brom at home because I always think we'll turn West Brom over. <laughs> and I think I one that stands out for me was we lost three nil at home against West Brom and Danny Fox got sent off and I think Ramirez got sent off. So we're down to nine men and lost three 0 Yeah, it's a classic Saints game. Oh dear. See, yeah, I I have this kind of thing as well, and um, I suppose that there's been a few games recently where I've just been going, just thinking, God, we're we're going to get really smashed here. I've got to admit it. For the first um, leg of the the semi final against Liverpool, I was going down there. I'd, I'd been to the quarter final season before when we'd lost six one, and I was just thinking, oh, you know, Liverpool are scoring loads of goals. We're playing really badly. This is going to go terribly. And then they just surprise you and they play beautiful football all day long. And then you go down, like on Saturday, for West Ham United, you think, we've got a new signing. Uh, there's no need for us to start doing the, the... There's no need for the squad rotation anymore. You know, we've got like a nice nice view of fixtures going in. And you think, yeah, this is going to be a, a game that's going all going to go well. We go 1-0 up in 12 minutes and then, you know, the rest is history. Equaliser, West Ham in the lead. And... Um, yeah, I think he said that it's a symbol for Saints' season. Yeah, I think, I think, I think for the first time in a number, I think there's a couple of things. I think Matty made a very good point this earlier this week. I think he said Saints fans have been spoiled, and I think, you know, we are still a relatively small club. I'm not saying we should be limited in our ambition or we should be happy to to not succeed, but we still are, you know, in the grand scheme of things, a relatively small club. But that said, I think one of the maddening things for Saints this season is for the first time in a number of years, probably since the Levers took over, we've become inconsistent. Yeah. And I think, you know, you you if you look under Koeman, Pochettino, we lost games, yes, but we didn't really go on big runs of losing games. Um, and we never really looked lost. And I think one of the worrying things this season is is we look like there's a lack of leaders out there. And even though, you know, Van Dijk, who I believe is the best player probably to put on a Saints shirt, certainly since Matty. If not, I think probably the best player I think you'll ever see put on a Saints shirt. I think we look like we lost leaders. And I think, um, you know, my worry is we're, we're losing that consistency and we're losing our drive and our focus. And I, it's, it's been, it's a hard team to watch this year. Yeah, it's it's been one of those things. And um I th- I think kind of under Puel, we've lost a bit of the excitement and and kind of randomness and the the kind of feeling that anything could happen. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think over the last couple of seasons, well, certainly under Cumin, certainly under Pochettino, um, you always kind of like went to the game thinking, yeah, we, we there's there's a chance we could win this. I think probably the only game which I went to under Cumin where I thought, 
oh, I think we're going to get beaten here, it's going to be awful, was the Boxing Day game against Arsenal where we then went and won 4-0. Mm. Yeah, we went into that Shame with a terrible run, of, yeah, terrible run of form. And, but it was, it was just absolutely brilliant. But with, with Puel, I think we've just kind of lost that a bit. I, I think from about 60, 70 minutes into the West Ham game, you kind of knew that, that we weren't going to score again. Yeah. I, th- I think Puel is... I feel for him a little bit. Obviously, managing in the UK is, is managing in England Premier League. You know, it's the most high-profile league in the world. Massively different to managing in France. You know, he's clearly a good manager. He's clearly done very good things in France. He's got a good reputation. He's exactly the sort of manager you hoped Saints would get, really, that fits the system. But I wonder if if the problem has kind of been a bit bigger than Puel. And I think Puel's on the hook for it. Uh, and I think you know, if we weren't in the in the League Cup final, I think people would be asking serious questions about Puel more than they already are but um, you know and I don't want this to be a pessimistic podcast yeah. I think you know the football team has done amazing things and still does amazing things week in week out that we can be very very proud of but my concern is that the system which you know has been sold to us by the media and by the way it's been brilliantly sold to the media yeah as being infallible the black box you know we know what's happening before anyone else we see the players four five years in advance you know we know we were going to sign Tadic in 2011 if yeah. you believe the rumours are true or three years before we yeah. do and I wonder if the system's been found out a bit and I think that by not replacing players I think with the best will in the world I think that you know we've lost in Pella and we lost in Mane not only goals but you lost genuine danger particularly yeah. with Mane and I just don't feel we've, we've replaced that and Puel's sort of on the hook for it yeah yeah I I think it's always going to be a tough situation, I think, to come into. And, um, yeah, with Pochettino, he left um, immediately after Nicola Cortese left, basically. Mm. And, uh, you know, Nicola Cortese was famous for saying, um, you know, if a club would phone him up about a player, he would just ignore it. We just didn't sell any decent players in the whole time that he was he was in charge at the club. And I know he upset, like, some pretty important ex-players for us and, and he maybe wasn't like best loved by everyone but the way he kind of dealt with the big clubs kind of sniffing around was just you know two fingers salute you know? yeah do one go 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 and shop elsewhere mate and and that was amazing and you know since since alan pardew got well basically since we've been in league one since we kind of came out of uh, of administration it's been brilliant being a saints fan there hasn't really gone, you know, four or five weeks where you think, oh, this this is going badly. And I suppose maybe this is the reality check. Yeah, I to, agree with 2016, that. 17 is suddenly like, well, here we go. We've we've just gone in one direction really hard, really fast. It's been brilliant fun. Um, but we're not one of the big six clubs, although we kind of got in there last season. It's going to be very difficult to kind of to maintain that and actually... Maybe we are a club that is amongst the West Broms and West Hams and But the and worrying else. thing I would say is, you know, those clubs are kicking on. You know, like, yeah. and I'm I'm you know, my, my worry is that we appear not to be. I th- I think there's a number of things happening. I think Puel's finding his feet. I don't think we replaced the players with the quality that we should have replaced them with. I think we took a, a gamble on Charlie yeah. Austin and Jay Rodriguez. I think we're taking a gamble on Redmond. Yeah. And the Premier League isn't a league that waits for gambles to pay off. It, you know, for it has many faults, and one of them is that it demands instant success. And I think that 
combination of that combined with other teams now playing at their level yeah. you know like last year you saw Chelsea stumble you yeah. saw Man United stumble yeah. all of a sudden they're not anymore yeah. you know Spurs are terrifyingly consistent Arsenal yeah. are still Arsenal yeah. and Liverpool have been better Liverpool have been better Chelsea incredible off. yeah and I, I think yeah. I think what that means for teams like Saints and it's the same for your West Ham's and your Burnleys and, and all that, probably that sort of club that aspire to be middle to European yeah. qualification, it makes it that much harder. Um, yeah. And I think you're right. I think it's a reality check. I think, yeah, I, I genuinely don't know which way it's going to go. Like you yeah. could see us being relegated or you could see us finishing eighth and winning the League Cup. Yeah. Well, should we get on the, onto that? Because actually... I've been saying to my brother who I go to the games with, with my dad who I go to the games with, my father-in-law who goes to the games with occasionally that, you know what, one of the things that really frustrated me about Pochettino and Koeman is that you'd watch this Saints side that could beat anyone on the day. And we have beaten every team, every decent team. We've beaten, we've beaten them well. And you thought, this is just the sort of team that could go on and win an FA Cup or a you know, League Cup. And, um, and we are in the final now. And actually... You've got to think, well, let's say on the 26th of Feb, we, we go out there, we win the League Cup, we've had a brilliant day at Wembley. We're, we're going to remember that forever. You yeah, know? Uh, that. Whereas, you know, you think finishing 6th and 7th in the league, we might remember a few of the games. I'll probably certainly remember that 4-0 against Arsenal and Cuco Martinez wonder goal forever. Yeah. But, um, you know, maybe they come back against Liverpool when we won 3-2 and stuff like that. But, you're not going to remember that in the same way as, as a cup win. And, and, and if Puel delivers a cup win, then he goes down in history as, as one of the most successful Saints managers of all time. Yeah, I mean, he joins an elite, he joins a, a group of, of one, you know, yeah. in terms of, you know, Laurie McMenny. I think, I think you're right. And I think, um, you know, again, this is the point about reality and about where, you know, being a football fan, I think, you know, if I look at like a, I look at Bournemouth, who are a fantastic team, you know, a great manager, play football the right way. You know, they stuck out a second-choice team in the FA Cup. Yeah. Now, like, all right, we did the same and we got a good leathering. Yeah. But at least we got a reason for it. And, I, you know, I think you're right. I think if you're – it's it's fascinating that the psychology of football now where, um, you know, a team like Bournemouth who, you know, with a fair wind and a decent draw could have a real good tilt at the FA Cup. Yeah. Go and stick out a second-string team, lose, go yeah. out of the Cup um, – you know, and I, I wonder what the in in football what the mentality is. But I think you're right with Saints. I I think, you know, if Puel takes us to Wembley, and we can beat Man United, yeah. like you know, it's ninety minutes of football. Yeah, you know, seventy six showed that, and every season, you know, every season without fail, Sutton United beat Leeds. You yeah. know, anyone could beat anyone. Yeah. And um, Saints can certainly beat Man United, well, uh, and we have in the last two seasons beaten them at Old Trafford. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt. I think it, it's you know that is Pearl's chance to to become a, a legend, um, and I thought you know obviously I, I want him to do it as a Saints fan. I think I think it'd be good for English football, much like Leicester winning the league. Yeah. You know, I think it gave English football a shot in the arm, and I think Saints winning the League Cup could do something not not on a scale, but yeah. just a reminder that there's other clubs out there. Yeah, it, it could certainly give us a shot in the arm. I think I, I, it'd just be so great to taste that silverware. I mean. I look back very fondly of the four-one uh, win. Was it was it over Carlisle United in the Johnson's in the, Paint Trophy? Johnson's, yeah. yeah, I mean that that was fantastic. I really enjoyed that day out. Um, and actually, if you look back at that, that's a great Saints team as well at the, at yeah, the time. Ricky, Adam Lallana, you yeah. know, it was, it was fond, yeah, Fonte, all those. 
There was a time when we assembled like an AC Milan style team of players that were just far too good for that league. Yeah. Just superstars. Yeah, it's incredible, is it? If you if you look at I think um the lineup of, of the team which got us promoted uh, the, the following season. I think we beat I can't remember was it Coventry like four one or four yeah, nil right, on, yeah. on the final day of the season. And um Oxlade Chamberlain like cutting scoring a wonder guy. You, you just look at the team sheet of that and you think Actually, that team, if they were still together in the Premier League, they they probably would be pushing up for the Champions League positions, you know. Yeah, I, I and we had that team in League One. I think so. I think, and I think they, Saints are really a fascinating microcosm of yeah. modern football because you, you're right. Players like Oxlade Chamberlain, Chambers. I mean, if we look at just the players who've gone to Arsenal, yeah, Chambers, Oxlade Chamberlain, Walcott. You you could say Walcott's done it. Hundred hundred goals, I think. Yeah. Maybe got now nearly hundred goals, including a decent number against Saints. You know what would Oxley Chamberlain have come if he'd have become if he'd stayed at Saints? Yeah. And they built that team around him. You know he could be captain by now, yeah. and you do wonder what goes on with the players. And I think Chambers was a, as an amazing example of a player. Yeah, wait, that is he at Middlesbrough? Now? He's now yeah. at Middlesbrough, and yeah, he's probably earning twice what he earned at Saints. But you know, like these players, I, I wonder about the advice they give them. We're, gonna, yeah. we're covering a lot of different topics here, but um, yeah, that Saints team. God knows where we'd be now if we'd have kept it all together. Yeah. Yeah, that is kind of like um, if if you could kind of reset the clock and just go right, yeah, we'll we'll keep we'll keep Gareth Bale, we'll keep Theo Walcott, we'll keep Oxlade Chamberlain. Um, you just look at what what that sort of you know Morgan Schneiderlin, you know, getting stuff sorted out, and you just look at the players that we've had come through Southampton in the last let's say five or six years. If you your best 11 from that lot you would have a team that could compete in the Champions League yeah without, without doubt and I, I think you know we have to remember that we sold we sold Chamberlain yeah you know you can buy you know a few years later you can buy Mane yeah. you, you know you sell a Schneidlin yeah you can buy a Romeo. like you know we don't have unlimited money we're not Chelsea you know we have to always cut our cloth uh, accordingly and I think you know the the magic of Saints over the last few years has been the replenishment and the regeneration. Yeah. yeah, and I think what we're seeing this season is actually you know what sooner or later maybe you do run out of luck. Yeah. Well, right. So I think we should uh, move on from Saints this season, and let's talk about a couple of chaps that we're going to be speaking to later. Um, so we're very lucky to have uh, Neil Madison and Jason Dodd, hopefully joining us both at the same time. Um, two kind of Saints legends, Neil Madison played with the Saints for like nine, ten years, say. Um, nearly 200 appearances, around about 20 goals. Jason Dodd, even longer, about 15, 16 years, over 400 caps uh, for, for Southampton, about 10 goals. Um, Clearly some absolute screamers, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. He didn't score bad goals. No, I mean, Neil Madison was very much the, the bundle it in the net off the you know off his head like after a, a scrappy corner. But Jason Dodd, I, I remember tick particularly a corner he scored against Portsmouth, which I think maybe have been robbed by him by the dubious goals panel. But in my mind, that was, that was Jason his. Dodd. Yeah, yeah. From the corner. My brother had broken his leg. Um about a week before, but still jumped up on top of it and, you know, did himself some more damage for that. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know, what what are your memories of, of these two players? Can you, can you can you give us a little insight on what yeah. you think of these two? I think, um, I'm 35, so I've been watching football Saints for 30 years, 
but knowing what's been going on probably for 25 yeah. and understanding it for 20. I think players like Jason Dodd and Neil Madison, they represented the last sort of era of the... It was still the Premier League, but it was before the Premier League became this incredibly well-produced, shiny yeah. package. And I think they were... they were You know, it was when footballers were honest. And that yeah. sounds like a Hovis advert type yeah. thing to say. <laughs> but like, you know... They look like blokes you'd see down the pub. Yeah. They probably were blokes you'd see down the yeah, pub. Yeah, probably. Um, they, were, they were more normal. I remember being at a London Saints uh, event, which is a fantastic uh, London supporters network yeah. of Southampton. And after a London game, I think it might have been a Chelsea game, uh, London Saints had a pub and the players came. Yeah. You know, and they would come and they would sit in the pub and they'd have a couple of beers and then the coach would take them back to Southampton. Yeah. You know, and Matty would be there and Ken Moncow and these players and... They were that generation, and now, yeah. you know, they're celebrities. They're rarefied. Yeah. And for me, uh, you know, it was almost like the last era of the sort of normal footballer. Yeah. If there was ever such a thing. Okay. Well, yeah, so that's quite interesting. So you think we'll just have a normal conversation with them? Yeah, I do. I think, um, I don't, uh, you know, one of the things you see now with modern footballers is they are media trained to yeah. get an inch of their life. Yeah. And everything is sanitized and everything is... You know, we work really hard out there. It's a disappointing result, but we'll put it behind us and kick on for next week. Yeah. It's the same comments. And I, I think, you know, that was the time when football had personalities. Well, you know, well, some of those personalities... I'm, I'm looking across at you now, Tommy, getting all glossy-eyed. It's, yeah. it's quite a beautiful moment. But I, I think, you know, it, it was more relatable yeah. back then, let's say, uh, for better or for worse. Well, it, you know what's quite funny is that I remember um, I grew up in Bath, which uh, instantly is where Jason Dodd grew up as well. And the Southampton scouts used to go and watch, watch the teams play in Bath. They pretty much, I think, cover the whole south of England outside of London. And you're always excited at, at that um, you know, prospect of Southampton coming in. And you had Jason Dodd as your example. You know, there was the player who's playing week in, week out for Southampton. And um, you know, you'd be playing for your team thinking, oh, you know, maybe a Southampton scout will come and watch me and, and see me playing well, and, and that'll be the chance to go up there. Right, anyway, let's, uh, let's give them both a call now then. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been the moment you've all been waiting for. On the line with us, we have uh, Saints legends, uh, Neil Madison, spent about 10 years at Southampton, 200 appearances, about 20 goals, and uh, Jason Dodd, I think about 16 seasons at Southampton, about 400 caps, um, 10 goals, and I'm including the corner that you scored against Pompey, which was given away by the dubious goals panel in that, in that bunch. Um, <laughs> So, uh, lads, absolutely great to, to have you on. Um, I'm a big fan. Jason, especially of you, because I, I grew up in Bath myself. Um, I'm a bit of a fan of Bath City, and I think you're probably the only player that I know that, that has trodden that, that path between Bath City and Southampton. So you become a little bit of a special legend in my eyes. Tom, uh, my co-host here, he, he chose you, Neil. So, Tom, do you want to tell us why, why you like Neil so much? Yeah, I, I think, and this this does apply to Jason as well. Like, and it's something we're hopefully going to talk about. You guys are like the the Premier League before it became sanitised and before it became like a mass-produced marketed product. And and I hope you take this the right way. Like Neil and, and Jason, you're sort of the last generation of like normal footballers, if that makes any sense. Um, so for me, like you know, I remember watching Saints, and you know, we didn't have you know. We didn't have like the world's best players, it's fair to say, but we had very honest players. You know, we had players who, who played week in, week out, and, they, and gave everything. And uh, and you know, you two are very much in the bracket, so it's really great to have you on tonight. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely, you know what? Going back to that area, 
Um, the lads that I played with, Dodsey, Fanny Benali, Matt Letizia, Nicky Banger, Tommy Woodburnton, a lot of the lads. I still speak to the lads regularly. You know, and I think other teams, other players, you know, you leave and you, you don't really see them. But I, I speak to most of the lads that I play with down at Southampton. Oh, loads of times, absolutely loads of times. Keep in touch with them. Because, you know what, we were a good group of lads. Good group of lads. Yeah, I know. Going on, going, yeah. Well, now going on from what Madden was saying. See, that was it. On paper, going into games, and you're looking at the opposition, exactly what you said, and you're thinking individually, it should be knocking us off the park. The difference was we were in it together, um, and we knew that we had to work hard for each other because technically, if you broke it down, they were maybe more, especially in my department, they were more skilled than what we were. But we were like a togetherness. They talk about Leicester last season, about what got them the, um, the title. I think they had some of that in them. Now, we were never in that sort of break, but at the start of the season, we were all favourites to get relegated every year that we were there, more or less, around the 90s to the 2000s, all the time. Um, but we surprised people because we had a togetherness. As Maddie said, then we would have a, a game of golf on a Wednesday, and there'd be 12 lads going out to play golf. I mean, it wasn't just one or two. Um, and back then, if you went out for a drink and a couple of scoops, again, there was a good 10, 15 lads going out together and we socialised. We didn't just go in and train and go home. We socialised and, and like, we used to go out and that was the funniest thing. Madder's gear was horrendous, so he took a bit of pressure off of me. So, it was, I mean, I was lucky in that respect. Dodgy, <laughs> your gear, come on, your gear was absolutely, honestly, seriously, coming from back. You can imagine what the lads, lads, you know. His gear, he, he, to be fair, he's learned over the years and his gear's got a lot better, but uh, it has. But you know what's going on from that? He's absolutely right. We stayed in that league because we did socialise together. We, were, we, we basically lived together, didn't we? We were out with each other's yeah. pockets. We just, we were so close. And, and they talk about team spirits and it gets, you, it gets you them extra points. It does, in our case, it did because we... As I said before, and Dodsey said we were just so close, and we we just fought for every point. Yeah, we weren't. He said we weren't the we weren't the greatest. We weren't the most skillful. We had Matt Matiz who who could knock him in from left, right, and centre. Yeah. And most of our managers used to say to us, "Listen, just get the ball to Tiz. Get the ball to Tiz, and he'll do the business." And to be fair, he did do it. But we had to work hard, and we had to graft, and and we did it properly. You know, we were a good group of lads. Yeah, no, no absolutely. I I think um, yeah, we. Kind of recollecting watching the Saints of that time, that 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 definitely came through, and just those like year after year after year of great escape, you know, this season, great escape that season, absolutely brilliant. Um, both both of you guys were at Saints when you were both quite young, weren't you? Yeah, Dodgy was a latecomer. We, uh, I was, I started the club. I got spotted when I was 13, 14 in the North East, and. Uh, signed associate schoolboy at forms at 14 and obviously you went through the apprenticeship stage and I think Dodgy came in his second, I'm not sure but he might have come in his second year apprenticeship and um, from then on obviously I, I had actually 12 years that's including two years and his apprentice 12 years at the football club so um, it was for me it was the, the apprentice stage it was the hardest two years of my life because we had a manager, we had manager called Dave Memmington, who was like, I mean, Dave was fantastic for us. I know he does the commentary now for uh, Southampton, but Dave was just amazing. He, he not only taught us how to be good footballers, but 
a lot of respect and togetherness, you know, and we I've took that on in life, you know, what yeah. what he what he taught us. So but yeah, we me and me and Dodgy we basically grew up together and you know, went from our from fifteen, sixteen year olds and um we've kept in touch ever since. I'm forty seven now, Dodgy must have he looks about fifty odd. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, but I do but I do know I do know that he is younger than <laughs> I think you're younger than me, I'm two years older, but you look about 10 years older. Of course I am. Yeah. Oh my, honestly. <laughs> See, this is, this is the show that I used to put up with from him all the time. Like. <laughs> but going back to what you said, so like, like you said, I came in like January from Bath. So um, I was the fat boy from Bath when I came in. Um, I came on trial for four to six weeks. Yeah. Thing is, I was offered a contract by Chris Nickel, but I had to wait because the other boys in the second year, the Jeff Kennels, uh, the Nicky Bangers, they haven't been told, like Matt had just read there, he's been two years schoolboy, they haven't been told. So none of the boys liked me to start with because I was this lad that had come in from Bath, yeah. and Neil said he'd been there four years, and then I came in six weeks and was offered a year contract. Um, it was like, I mean, it, it, it took a while for the lads to get to know us, but because we were like Matt and Rico, you know the best thing about the week for us? Friday afternoon. We used to go down the 147 club, a lady called Denise Bridal. She used to get the food on, and there would be about eight of us playing snooker. In and out, on a Friday afternoon, relaxing as such, preparing for the game the next day. And the thing is for us, back then, I was on £91 takeover. You play snooker, the boys, you'd have a round robin tournament and things, and whoever was one of the least friends had to pay for the food and the tables. Well... It used to come to 40, 50 quid. So <laughs> for me, it was half a week's wages if I lost. And as soon as you started winning a couple of frames, and Madder was the worst at it, you'd be shouting up to Denise, Denise, get the steak sandwiches on, get them on, and all that sort of thing, you want to cut the game. But that was... You, you know what, the food, the food we went together. It did the food. I mean, not only not only as, as, as young kids, the professionals used to... I mean, you know, I, I remember Andy Townsend down there. I mean, Andy was a very good yeah. school player. And Andy used to go down there and, 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 you know, and he used to have, we have our food and a lot of the pros. It was, honestly, it was, it was, it was to get a togetherness. And we just, we, we socialized. We, we lived out with each other's pockets. Now, you finish training, you're having your food, you, you, you looked after the massages and whatever. Back then, you did training, you went home, you looked after yourself and you had to be professional. But I'll tell you what, I wouldn't have changed it for the world because it was, it, honestly, at Southampton, most definitely, the, don't get me wrong. I had a I had a good spell at Middlesbrough. I, you know, I went to the cup final and, and we got promoted the first season. But them years, growing up with them lads and and being a part of our team, you know, with with mostly Tiz, Dodzy, uh, Tiz and Dodzy and Franny, who stayed there for a long time as well as me, were the best years of my life. Brilliant. That's it. Uh, yeah, I, I, mate, I agree totally with Meadow as well. And it's and it's the memories that like I said as Meadow said then. He lives up north. Um, you know I mean, we're down here, but we don't see each other that much because obviously people are working and things like that. But if we were to meet up, you know, it'd be straight back in, like the abuse we give each other and things like that. That's how it was. But yeah. there was a friendship there, and it was it was good friendly banter, and and it was just brilliant. You enjoyed going into work. You enjoyed um, meeting up after work, um, and we knew. We had to work really hard, like I said, we, because we were good as players, not world beaters, but we had to 
we had to work harder than everyone else because they had maybe a little bit more quality than we did. Yeah. Mm. I've seen Francis Benali not so long ago. Funny, Benali, he did his bike ride and he came to the Riverside Stadium and I met him. He didn't always meet him and I met Franny and it was just like, we'd seen, you know me, I mean? we're just like we've been together for 12 years. You know, we just got on straight away yeah. talking as if we've been, that's how it, that's how it is with the lads. You know, I speak to Nicky Banger, Dodzy, I speak to all the lads, Matt Latiz, I spoke to Tiz about two or three weeks ago, and it's just as if, it's it's nothing, oh, you know, it's just, you just pick up where you left off, and that's how that's how close we all are, it's, it's such a good group, good group. Oh, it's a, uh, that's really nice to hear. I'll tell you what, um, one of the kind of questions that um, I wanted to ask you is, is if, if you wished, you know, do you look at the Premier League today, look at the wages and think, oh, I wish I was a football player today? You know, w- would you like to have t- made that huge amounts of money? W- you know, would you take that multi-million pound move to China? Or, or do you think actually you were living through a golden era of football w- with that kind of t- togetherness that you might not have had in today's game? You know what? For me, yes. The, the money, it, don't get me wrong, we, we, we had a good life. We, 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 we did well. We did okay. Others... Well, those tears and people, you know, they earned their money and I still had a good life. I still, you know, I still did okay. But, you know, I wouldn't change anything for the world. If people say to me, you know, regard the money, I bet you wish you were. And, and you know what? Yeah, it might have been nice, but it wasn't, it, for me, it wasn't the money. It wasn't, it, and I'm being serious now. You might think, oh, he's talking stupid. I'm not. It's, for me, it was just the buzz of going on the football pitch and and playing in front of the big crowds. And, and, and putting your shirt on, I used to love the bus. I didn't. I, I wasn't really money oriented. I wasn't bothered about cars or stuff like that. I was just, I just loved putting the shirt on, and I loved the buzz of going into stadiums and playing. Obviously, clothes shopping and things weren't many of your highlights either, mate. If I'm honest with you. Um, but I mean, but exactly what Manny said then. Do you know what? We've had our career moved on. I, I never look back. People come up and say, oh, what about this and what about that? Never think about it. But when we were first cracking on, so the early 90s and middle 90s, that same question more or less came up then as well. So we had some really senior, great, fantastic players, Jimmy Casey, the Glenn Cockles, the Mickey Evans. And it was just starting when the, the money that they won when they first started from when we first started, it was a massive gap as well. And it was like... Did they feel a little bit bitter from when, like the the 80s and 80s to the 90s, they were on good money from, at the time from what every other wage was. But then again, between the 90s and 2000s, the monies went up and that as well. And then again, when the Premier League started. But as Neil said then, I mean, I've got great memories. Yeah, you know I mean, we can all, yeah, you know I mean, you had the rugby player 45 passed away today. I mean, it's all well and good, but are you enjoying it? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, we all have to live and we all yeah. have to pay the bills. But I had a great career, really lucky to play with some really good players and some really friends. I mean, they were friends that you that you played with. So really, it bugs me now. When you see football now and you start, oh, they have to rest and they have to do this and they can only play one game a week. Slipping out a couple of training sessions with Dave Mellington for a month. It was absolutely clear. Yeah. Um, but... Those are fantastic memories, and it's, I mean, as Neil, Neil said then, I wasn't bothered about the money. In theory, the money will come if you do well. I wanted to play as many games as I can. I wanted to play at Anfield and at Old Trafford. That's what I wanted to do. All the other things, 
trappings come with it. But as Neil said then, I wanted, I was gutted if I want playing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really gutted. And, and manager never once said, oh, I'm going to rest you for this game. I mean, it was, you're playing shite, you're not playing, someone else is in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, my boys in the 19s, we're resting players every other week. Um, <laughs> to take these that is, now, you know what, Dossie? Dossie, yeah. can you believe that? Can you believe that rotation, resting players? It's ridiculous. <sighs> we used to play sometimes, you know, two, two or three times a week, Christmas. I used to love it. I used to love go and play in them games because you knew your training wasn't as, as rigorous. You knew it wasn't you were just going in, you were warming down, you'd have the quick five aside, then the next game will come. I used to love it. And rotating players now saying they're tired. God, give dear me. Unbelievable. Makes me laugh I, sometimes. I, did, I did the Saints game a couple of weeks ago um, at Talk Sport and they get all the stats out in front of you. Brilliant. And in something like 30... 38 games, or even less than that, Southampton have made 155 changes. And it was like, yeah, you have got to be 150, and it, it, it's an average of six changes every single game. And I'm thinking, and that's why you got, I you, think Fonte went. You know what, you, you I mean, you want playing in the European games. Now, you imagine you, mate, you get the club into European football, and then you're on bench. You're the captain of the side. Honestly, like I'd go hell. bonkers. You'd go bonkers if someone said to you, well, I'm resting you. You're not. You ain't resting me. I want to play. It's yeah. as simple as that. No. Don't do, do not rest me. I want to play this game of football. I even come here to have a game and rest one, a game and rest one. I've come here to play every single game, week in, week out. And if you told him wrong, if I was having a bad time and I was pulling something and he said, right, I'm dropping you, Fair enough, you hold your hands up. But if you're playing well, and you know you, no one didn't have to tell me if I was playing well or not. I knew myself, and I'm sure Dodgy would say the same thing as well. But for me, I wanted to play week in, week out. You, don't give me you're going to dress me. I wouldn't have it. I'd go, I'd go ballistic. And the technology now and nowadays, and recoveries, and everything. Uh, back in our days, I mean, they weren't even ice baths. They weren't shakes. They weren't. Um, little leggings and tights and all this sort of, we didn't have any that I learned by watching senior pros seeing how they recover and what they do and how they get going and things like so I mean whereas nowadays it's fantastic don't get me wrong I would love to have had that when we were back that age knowing about the recovery and things like that so things they've got all of it yet and I know most teams now have two players per position well, if it was me and Madder, I'd be gutted if you'd play more than me. Yeah. That's just me. <laughs> well, some players, some players are at clubs, for, and he'd never do that, by the way, just for that. But what I'm saying is, um, some, some players have been at clubs for a period of time, and they've played six, eight games in two years. I'd be like, what's the point in coming in and training? The point is, for me, I want to play. And yeah. I really find that hard when you get players that have been at a football club or whatever, for one, two, three, four years, and I've only played like 30, 40 days. I'd be pulling my hair out. But because it's the monetary thing, and they get so much money, they don't have to play. I just, I find that really hard. I don't understand that, that just because you're taking on a good wage now, you don't really want to play. I, I mean, it's just, that's not me. And, and it's the group that me and Maddie were just talking about, that was never any of us either. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, guys, it's it's uh, Tom here. Um, 
You spoke earlier about, you know, you wanted to play every game. You wanted to play at Anfield, you wanted to play at Old Trafford. Um, and you spoke also about, you know, Saints, when compared to, you know, maybe the Liverpools, the Spurs, the Man United, didn't have this, the, the sort of celebrity players, you know, or the sort of superstars. How much, and I was at the last game at the Dell um, when Matty scored. Uh, you know, it's an incredibly emotional moment. How, like, and people talk about the Dell and it was intimidating. Do you, do you genuinely think that in that time the Dell gave you an advantage for every home game? Definitely, for me it did. It was such a tight, tight ground. People, I don't know, I don't think teams didn't fancy coming there because they knew what it was. Don't get me wrong, we got beat a few times there, but we also won. We all, we also, you know, we knew. I think it's our home advantage. It was something to do. I, I come down to Southampton quite regularly. My girls still live down there, and you know, I come down and I actually drive past the Dell, and I, I get a little bit emotional, you know, going past him because. It's where it's where I grew up. It's where I, I lived up the road. I lived in uh, Hill Lane. Me and Shearer lived in a digs in Hill Lane. Nigel and Moy and Wareham. I go back there and see them every time I go to Southampton because I mean they were a massive part of my life and you know I thank them for so much for they, were, they were made my life down there so much better when I was a young kid and I go, and I go to I go past I can't believe. You know, the flats that are on there now, I get quite emotional because it's where I started my career. I've took my kids, I've got two kids up here, and I've took them down there and I said, that's where I played. And they said, well, where is it, Dad? I said, there's flats there now. I said, but that's where I played. And, you know, that's where the ground was, the Dell, and I've showed them pictures of what I've got a son who's 11, who's, who's a good little player as well. He likes his football and... Um, I can't believe it, Dad. Why did they knock it down? I said, when I showed him St Mary's, and I said, this is a new stadium, St Mary's. It's lovely, and you know, he, he, he finds it fascinating. Oh, it's, it's, it's wonderful to hear, kind of like that thought of you, kind of welling up and, and feeling so emotional when when you see, kind of like Eric is. Um, I don't know, sometimes uh, I think, especially in the modern era, you don't necessarily feel that connection with the players. But like you know, speaking to you two, you can just see that like you, you believe you, you totally kind of have that Southampton stuff running through your mind and your heart and, and, and what you're thinking of. And um, speak, speaking of kind of like the whole Southampton thing, there's obviously one thing that is a uh, common for all Southampton fans, and that is their um their kind of slight distaste of uh, Portsmouth Football Club, and um. I was looking back at some of the, the kind of great fixtures that you two played in together, and I think you both played in the three nil win against Pompey in the in the FA Cup in nineteen ninety six. And I wonder if either of you kind of remember that game or kind of what it was like playing for the Saints against Pom- Pompey. Did I score in that day as well? Do you score that day as well, Jason? Yeah. Did you score that day? I scored in that game as well. Did I score penalties? I, th- I think you might have done. Let's let's. I'll quickly bring up your stats and I'll I'll double check that. But I'm pretty sure Let's you did. Yeah. Stats up years because there weren't that many, mate. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, but, I mean the the Pompey games. Like I said, it's because at that time we were always in the top division and things like that, and they won. So when the games did come around, it was more. I wouldn't say it, really, but because it didn't happen that much, and we were used to playing. The top side all the time. Obviously, for Portsmouth, it was like, oh my God. When, I mean, when we did get them in the cup, because we didn't play them in the league, because they weren't in the league, then it was like, oh my God, this is going to be, I mean, a fantastic uh, achievement. So they, they, they really wanted it more. 
we're used to playing the top teams all the time. So even though it's a fantastic, like I said, South Coast derby, um, for, from the Southampton point of view, it was a game that they all looked for. But I just think where we've had a little bit more history in all the top divisions, that's where we felt that we we deserve to be, as simple as that. And Pompey had their time for an A-Rap and then we were down. Um, but I just think it's, it's a fantastic game to play in. The atmosphere is fantastic. Both sets of supporters and that are desperate for their team to, to get the bragging rights too. Um, and like you said, going back to what the grounds and not the Dell was like, you'd receive a ball off someone who's a couple of yards away from you and take a throw in. Yeah, I mean, well, I remember once we went down to the Portsmouth and we had some international players, Michael Sampson and Andrew Fett and all this sort of And because they weren't used to it, the stadiums that they got in were big and so up and the supporters weren't that close. Then it's a couple of senior, as in experienced international players that really struggled with the atmosphere down at Fratton Park because the supporters were so close to them. So yeah. it does have a bearing. And I'm like, we said that snap took the doubt. It was magnificent. The atmosphere, I loved it. But some people, as in teams that used to come to the Dow, struggled with it. And on that day when we went to Fratton Park, we three one, I think, or four one or something. Um, and some of the senior players struggled because the atmosphere was completely different. Um, but for me, those those games were very special because I got lots of friends that are Saints supporters, and this guy, you know I mean, if you had a little bit of pressure, the local yeah. guys were expected to win. Everyone expected Southampton to win, and, and some people struggled with that. I'll t- tell you a story. I, when I left Southampton, I went back with Middlesbrough. And Alan McLaughlin, who was, at, who was at Southampton, was with at Portsmouth as well. And I, I started to warm up and I got absolutely abused. And I mean abused. But you know what? I loved it. And on the day, this is no, honestly, this is seriously, I, under me Middlesbrough top, I had a Southampton top on. And if I had scored, I was, I was desperate to score. I was taking, I used to take corners <laughs> from Middlesbrough. Uh, seriously, I used to take corners for us, but, and I used to go to the corner flag, and they will give me all, and I just, I, I thought, I'm going to lift my top up here, because I had a Saints top underneath, and I thought, if I lift the top up, they're going to, they, there's going to be hell on, and I thought, no, if I score, I'm going to lift the top up and show them the Saints top. Anyway, we drew 1-1, <laughs> one, one, and I've got dogs abuse, but I absolutely loved it, but seriously, I was desperate, I nearly scored as well, and I was going to lift that shirt above my head. And show them the same stop. Brian Robson said to me, seriously, Brian Robson said to me, he said, on the day, he said, what are you doing? He said, what have you got that on for? You're not putting the And I said, if I score, I said, I'm going to stick me, stick me, to, like, take me top above me head and show them the same stop. He said, are you, he said, seriously, Robo, Robo went to me, are you fucking stupid? He said, I went to And honestly, I, 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 I'm so glad I didn't score because I think I would have caused a riot. Oh, you, you know what? That's probably the greatest moment in football history that never quite happened. That that would have just been a, a beautiful moment, oh, I think. I, every time what, I went to this corner. What, Neil Madison no, scoring? Every, Go on, man. Every, every time I went to take a corner, I was desperate. You know when you just want to lift your shirt up and show on the Southampton top? But I thought, if I do, they'll be on the pitch at me. So I thought, I can't. I'll only do it, and I'll be in the middle of the pitch. And, I'll, and they can't get on. The police will stop them. You know what I'm saying? And that was it. But, uh, no, honestly, I had, that, I had the same top underneath me top, and I thought, if I score, it's coming off, and I'm going to show them it. Um, uh, anyway, I'm glad I never scored. <laughs> <laughs>
Can you imagine down there? I used to love the, <laughs> I, lo- I used to love the derbies. I used to love the derbies. They were, they were, they were special. Because, to be fair, we never got beaten them. So that's why I used to love them. Yeah. So, um, so guys, what, 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 what's the best game you ever played for in the, for, for the Saints? Is there any ones that particularly stick out for either of you two? Um, well, for me, we beat Spurs 1-0. And I just had my daughter, me, my daughter just being born, and I scored the goal. So that, that was a special game. Yeah. I don't think it had any, you know, we got three points and that was it. But it was down at the Dell and it was ahead of Matt Letizia scored across it and I put it in my head and that was 1-0. But my daughter had just been born like the week before, so that I always remember that game. Yeah. How about you, Jason? Well, for me, we mentioned earlier, I think I signed in like March of 89 and the, obviously the season I just finished off as like the, the apprentice and then the following year... I got pulled in we played York City in a in a game some cup game, I had ten minutes. And then I think Raymond Wallace was suspended for the game on Saturday. So we went to keep it our way. So obviously I'm going up there. And back in those days, the same silly mate. You're you're travelling up, you just I'm the young kid, I'm making seas coffee, I'm just getting beat up in the back of the bus, you're just getting just like you know, trampled on because you're the only kid in that come in. And then uh, an hour before the kick-off, Christmas was only two, and I'm in it. Oh, my God, my hands were, you know what it was making me hold my hand out? My hand was shaking, shaking. It's like when Matter goes to the bar. His hand's shaking for fun, trying to find my hand. <laughs> right? And I, mean, and I played that game. I gave a penalty away, and the flowers saved it. And we won 4-1. And it was like, oh, my gosh, just like, what a start. And then the following week, we had Liverpool. And they were like in Europe top team and everything and I thought Raymond was going to come back so an hour before the kickoff, managers named the team and I'm playing I'm thinking oh my god and then managed to put a crossover Paul Wydeck scored with the header we beat them 4-1 and it was like you could not get a better debut and the best thing about that this is what I always remember John Barnes was playing for Liverpool probably the best player in England at the time after the game he made a point to come towards me on the pitch he was an 18 year old kid I made a point to go, you're fantastic today, well done, young man. And that stuck with me. Yeah. And whenever we used to get stiff in the papers and all that sort of thing, I'm like, look, you don't know. And it was just, he didn't have to come and do that. Who was I, who was I this kid? It not me, Danny. But it just did me, and I'm thinking, I want values like that. You know what I mean? Where he could have just gone off and not say anything. But he had, I don't know, he had the, the, the mentality to come up to me. No one else heard or anything like that. But just to say that, he went through the roof, in my estimation. And I'm thinking, that's what I want to be like. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'd, pick, I'd pick anyone to Don't the game. But... Yeah, Dodgy, remember, yeah. remember that game? We played we played Tottenham once, and the beat is... I think the beat is 4-0. And it, I think it was live on Sky. And a few of the Tottenham players, obviously the camera's gone onto the pitch, and the, I think Klinsmo was playing, and a few of the Tottenham players, a few of their defenders have gone up to the camera and gone, how many was it? How many? And they were sticking like four fingers up, five fingers, as, as if the beat is four or five, no, which they did. Well, you know what? That got, I can remember, that got us fuming. I mean, as players, we said, can you remember that? Can you remember? We played him a few weeks later in the Cup, and we said, right. The first minute, it, it was one of the, it, I can remember it was one of the full-backs, it, I think it was Justin Edinburgh or someone had uh, gone in, it, it was in the, done it, one of the young kids at Tottenham, 
And we said as a team, the first time he gets that ball, whoever's close to him, you're launching into the stands. Seriously. <laughs> so I can remember it. And I think it was Neil Heaney went into a tackle and it was the first minute and he just wiped this lad out and that <laughs> sent the tempo. Honestly, that sent the, that set the tempo for the game and we absolutely demolished him. I think we beat, I can't remember what the score was, but um, we, we, we beat him. Um, oh God, it was four or five, like, you know what I mean? But, them type of games, you never forget because they were being a little bit cocky about their result. They'd just been yeah. us and we thought, and you know, I've on Sky and we, we were, I can remember going back and watching it and the, the lads coming in saying, did you see him? He's going four fingers, you know what I mean? As if they'd won. And we just, honestly, the next thing we played them, well, it was just, we were all, we were all fired up for that game. Honestly, Neil Haney walloped this fullback and it just <laughs> set us off and we just, we backed them for the rest of the game. So, they're the games that you sort of remember, you know. Yeah. Proper kind of like moral victory against uh, Tottenham. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Neil said to him, you won't ever do that to the camera again. He sort of, he reminded him of saying it like, you know, that's why you got launched yeah. into the stands, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, no, it was, uh, they're the games that you, you, you think back and you think, ah, oh, you know, you know, the bond that we had together and we thought, we'll stick together, we fight together, we win, we lose together, but the type of the lads we had. Yeah, you, you guys have mentioned him a couple of times um, already, but um, was was Matt Letizia the most talented player you ever played with? He was for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Matt knows. Like yeah. said, you guys and things would have just seen the goals, the wonder goals that he scored yeah. uh, in the games. I mean, we saw it every day. So for those goals when they were like a top corner bent in here and skilled, that was it was nothing new to us. So it wasn't a surprise. I mean, some people are like, oh my god, how did you do that? And well, we saw it every day. And the goals that he scored, he scored probably thousands more than what you saw um, on a match day and what was actually live in the game. We saw it readily. I mean, Matt, that was the one I was I played behind him. So as Matt has said earlier. I, I don't mind doing all this running for him because he's going to win me the game. So we knew that. So we knew we kept ourselves in the game. Yeah, sometimes we were isolated a little bit because of, obviously his defensive play wasn't the best. I don't care. I would do more running. I would get fitter because I know. Yeah. I mean, if we need to win the game, we need something special. And he was one of those special players. As simple as that. He was fantastic. To, to be fair, he, you, you couldn't. You know what? I'll, I'll tell you the truth. He has not changed one little bit. He, he, I speak to him. He doesn't change. He is just the same person as he was when I, when I met him thirty odd years ago. He has never changed one little bit. He's a gentleman. He's a good lad. He's a laugh. As if you know what I mean. Like, Mother, you're all right. You know what I mean. And shake your hands. And he is absolutely superb. And just he, he's he's one of our mates. You know you you, you know when you 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 from school or you go to the pub or something. Yeah, hey, mate. He's one of the lads. He's one of the lads. He's not changed one little bit. He's just a normal normal lad who who loves his football, who loves Southampton Football Club, and he's part of our era. And he's he is he's he's our mate, and it's it's great. Like you know, he rang us up the other week, and I was at, I was at a Christmas party. Uh, I work for uh, Middlesbrough College. You you work at a college as well, don't don't you, Dodsey? Yeah. Are you at Winchester? Winchester College. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, we, we had our Christmas party and then the phone went and it was Matt Letizia. So it was, it was Matt Letiz and then this lad went and he said, is that Matt Letiz? I went, yeah. And he went, you're joking me. I went, no. I said, I used to play with him too, mate. So I had an answer the phone. The lad couldn't believe it. He thought, I used to play. I used to play alongside his, you know. But he's honestly, he is just such a down to earth guy. You won't believe. And and uh, so um, obviously you played with some pretty good players at Middlesbrough as well, didn't you, Neil? Because uh, one one of the questions I wanted to ask you is who's more skillful, Janino or Matthew Letizia? No, I, I mean I played with Janino in his second stint at yeah. um, at uh, Middlesbrough. Janino was a fantastic player. Don't get me wrong. But Tiz, and I, I've, I've put this on record as well, and I've said to so many people, Tiz is the best player I've ever played with and against. I can remember Southampton, um, you might have played Dodsey, I might have nutmegged you a few times when you come to the Riverside. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, yeah, 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 I think you did actually. You, you, you came to the Riverside when I just signed uh, for Middlesbrough, and we beat you. I think I say we. I shouldn't be saying we because I'm a Southampton lad as well. But I think Middlesbrough won three nil, and I ran rings round you and Dodsey. Uh, yeah, actually, I can remember the physio trying to unravel Dodsey because I just <laughs> ran rings round him at the, the, the hey, don't, 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 just... don't stoke the fire. Stop laughing at him because it'll get worse. Because listen, because I've heard you had a few little bigs here and there, so I just started getting my own back at all. So, <laughs> and, yeah, and he just like, you know, the, the physical, like, just sat there, he was like a coil, and he just sat there and laughing. I put him in ice back and then put some hot water on just to, it, his laces were tied together that day. So, yeah, so anyway, but um, no, uh, going back to Chase, he was absolutely top draw, a gentleman, but on his day, we knew he was a match winner. And uh, he saved us. He, to be fair, we worked hard, but I've got to say this: he saved us year in, year out, every season. You know, every season he'd score twenty, thirty goals. They kept us in that league. Brilliant, to hear. Tom. Um, have you got any more questions for the lads? I, I feel like we've we've um, taken them for too long. I, we, yeah, well, I wanted to but very quickly prediction for league final. Do you think? We're in a bit of a dire run of it. Do you think we can beat Man United? I do. Well, I, don't, I, yeah, I, I think they're a good. Yeah, I do. I think a good side. I, I, I went to Old Trafford because I did a commentary for Middlesbrough now. Uh, all their games. I went to Old Trafford and watched them play against us. The beaters. We were winning, we were one and up actually at the time, but the beaters they scored two goals in the last few minutes. And going forward, they were a very exciting side. The strong going forward, uh, Martial on the day was absolutely fantastic. But defensively, they're there to be got at. I don't think defensively, you know, they're, they're a little bit weaker in, in certain areas. I think if they get two world-class centre-halves, I think they will become a really good side. I think they're missing two world-class centre-halves. I think forward-wise, Abinovich and Martial, when he's on, on song, I think they've got a lot going forward, but... I think I think Southampton can upset them. I really hope they do. You know, I'll be rooting for Southampton. I really hope they do because uh, it's a great day out. It's a good day out uh, Wembley. But you know, what? it's only a good day out if you win. Uh, how about you, Jason? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not going to lie, mate. I mean, you look at Southampton. I did as madder. I didn't bore them to death on the radio like Bella. Yeah, I mean, I've done first year of things for Southampton and not on the radio. 
and early in the Does season. He, I, can't saying, understand you. <laughs> I can't understand you. I can't understand your accent. Here we go. Oh, you've had your time. Get off. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, you've battered me a couple of times, so I can't understand you. <laughs> you just keep on drinking cider. <laughs> you leave my slumpy alone. That's not very nice. Now, going back to what we are saying, it worries me about Southampton A, because obviously Van Dyke's going. And obviously losing Conley, I think, is a massive, massive... I understand from maybe a business point of view from Southampton, but he's going to be he's missing massive. And I just think the problem with Southampton at the moment, they don't score goals. And the thing yeah. is, to win Premier games today, you don't score one more or less. Look at the results at the weekend. You need to score goals. And the thing is, they don't look as though they're scoring goals, but they look as though they're conceding. And they look, and some of the goals, the 5-0 the other week and the West Ham goals, they're not, I mean, they're fairly easy goals that we're conceding. And it's like, we've got young Jack Stevens in there, he's been like put in there and I think he's finding it tough. You see, the fair play to him, I was a little bit unsure about him, but he's done done well. But they're, they're like, nothing was done. They brought in a forward, but they've not replaced Fonte. And I'm thinking, I understand the manager saying, oh, I'm quite happy with the four centre-halves I've got. But I'm not going to lie, Premier League is a tough division and the, the star players tend to be the attacking players. So from that point of view, we're very inexperienced, as in, not Yoshida, but obviously if it's Jack, we, we, we haven't got the depth. We're losing them two players, one to injury, one to sell, is a massive blow to any club because they're two fantastic players. And I just feel the two that are replacing them are... Not up to the speed of what they are last year. They didn't concede any. This year, flipping out. We yeah. look as though we're conceding two, three, four goals every game. So that's a worry for me. And as Maddox just said then, the attacking force that Man United have, yeah, they can be got at because maybe their back four, back six are not the best for a Man United side. But even said that, it's whether we can keep them out. That's a worry for me. When you look, we've got Charlie Austin out. He scored, what is it, nine or whatever. But then you look through. Fonte's got a couple. Van Dyke's got a couple. Yoshida, midfield players. I think the, the, the most is two. I think you look at the other attacking players. Don't get me wrong, they're great players. I mean, the new fella that they bought in scored a fantastic goal at the weekend. But then yeah. someone told me he doesn't play two games in 12 months. So it's going to take him it would, It's going to take him a while anyway to get used to the Premier League from the Italian football. Yeah. So it's going to take him a while anyway, but you just hope that he could be the one that gets six, eight, ten goals in the next dozen games. But then again, I keep saying, I don't think you need at least at least two goals a game because we do look a little bit vulnerable. And that's I mean, someone like Man United, they're going to go sod it. You know I mean, if we are a little bit lighter at the back, let's go for that attack. Look at the strike force they got. And it's whether we'll be able to withstand like you see, you mentioned the Martial, massive scoring goals. Oh, but you've got flipping hell, mate. You've got a lot. And it's, it, the thing is, with Southampton, it just worries me that, that we won't be able to keep Man United at bay. Maybe if we get an early goal, I think that might help us because that might set this down. But if we concede, I really think we're going to struggle to get back in the game, if I'm honest with you. You know what? It's a, it's a one-off game. It's a one-off game. And I just hope on the day... You know, some of them lads are right up for it. You know, they do get that early goal. And, you know, as you said, it settles people down. Because Wembley can be a daunting experience. You know, if you played at Wembley, I played there in the cup final. And some people, does he say it there, you know, going to Old Trafford, coming to the Dell, some people can't handle it. Well, you either handle it or you don't. And 
for me, going to Wembley was one of the best experiences I've ever had. I absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. But I'm just hoping, fingers crossed, you know, they get that, they get that, that early goal, settle the nerves a little bit, and, you know, the push on from there. And to be fair, done what you said then, Maddie, as well. When we play against the so-called top six, top ten, they, they play, so they play their way. They don't change. Maybe the teams from, I don't know, from eight down, they have a game plan, and this is the game plan to do for Hampton. We do do better against the better sides, because the better sides want to play. Well, on our day, yeah. like Liverpool the other week, absolutely magnificent, yeah. but we only won the game one now. It should have been, I know we got through and it's magnificent, but the game should have been, then and buried St Mary's, should have been three or four. Yeah. The one is great, creating chances, but the thing is, we need to score them. Now, no, I know the second leg was fantastic, and again, over the two legs, Southampton deserved to win the game. But then again, if you've seen the Liverpool, the last six, seven games, when we met them in that, they've been really poor. So Man United now, they're coming out of their show. What they've they been beaten once in about 12, or not even been beaten, so they're in good form. Like Saturday or Sunday, was it they played? They didn't play particularly well, but then comfortably won the game three now. So you're like, they've always got that quality because they are Man United. The Premier League's about scoring goals, isn't it? You've got to mm-hmm. score. You, I know any league is, but the Premier Look at the game the other night, the other day, uh, Everton, you know, uh, Bournemouth. <laughs> it's it, 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 ridiculous, isn't it? You know, 6 3, but it is about scoring goals. It's been, it's, it's been brave. You've got to, obviously, you've got to have a little bit of. You know, uh, you're, 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 you've got to be solid. You can't just go willy-nilly and just go all over the place and, and, and find out. You've got to be organised, but you've got to be brave. You've got to be brave and go and have a go with teams. I think yeah, Harry Redknapp watched our game against um, uh, Tottenham the other night. He said, so, uh, Middlesbrough, all they do, they park the bus. They have 10 men behind the ball. And he said, and he was talking to Paul Ince. He said, Ince, if I, if I put 10 men defending against your lads now, he said, how many goals do you score? One score many. He said, it's difficult to do. It's really difficult. He said, but, you know, they don't score enough goals. And Southampton exactly the same as Middlesbrough. They don't score enough. And, you know, in our case, with the new boys in the block and we're seven, years, seven or eight years away from other teams, but it's important that we do stay in this league. All right, brilliant, lads. Um, thank you very much for your time this evening. It's been absolutely excellent. We're going uh, we're, we're to call it a day there. It's been absolutely fantastic yeah. speaking to you two. Um, and yeah, two thanks, proper guys. Saints legends. Been, been, been brilliant to have a catch up and find out your thoughts on all, all these things that we've wondered about for years and years. If you're listening, Dodzy, I'll be down soon. Mate. We'll go out for a beer and a game of golf. Sorry, I'd left the room by then. Sorry, I didn't hear that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> give me a buzz when you're on your ass. When you want by, by, down, by the way, yeah, you you can buy me a beer this time. Because oh, right. he is the, I, I, lads, he is the greediest man I've ever ever. Well, being from being from Bath, you are honestly. He's never bought a pint in his life. <laughs> to be fair, mate, you only, take, needed, uh, you only needed two, mate, and you were a comatose, so that's different. Well, see, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. you, you take it easy, mate. Lines, the line's gone. <laughs> right, cheers, guys. Brilliant. Cheers, guys. Thank you Thanks so much. Thanks very much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, I'm just going to say, wow, that that was amazing. I think wow and thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, incredibly generous with their time. 
on a Monday night, you know, they've got families, they've got kids to get to. A very, you know, we'd like to, I'd like to say thank you because I think, you know, they were everything I hoped they'd be and they were such nice people. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Like, massive thank you to Neil Madison, Jason Dodd there. Um, I think I asked them for about 10, 15 minutes and I just checked the uh, the recording there. We, we spoke to them for the best part of an hour there. Um, and, and so good. And I think totally you got the point about they were, they were from a different era of football player, weren't they? The, the kind of like stories that they had, the kind of, the fact that I think we just got them both on the phone. They just wanted to chat to each other. It, yeah. They were like two, two brilliant ex-football players. And and we just got to have a, a pint with them and sit at the table and chat away. Yeah. And I think, I think, um, you know, what really came across was the camaraderie. You know, we're talking like 25, maybe 30 years later after some of these games. Yeah. Now, uh, well, after they started playing together. And they still had that sense of camaraderie. They still had that sense of togetherness. And, and they were fighting for each other. And um, and I thought they were wonderful. And I thought they had such warm words to say, you know, about Matty and about the club. Yeah. And about the Dell. And I think, um, you know, it reaffirms your faith in in this football club. Yeah. Don't know, I'm smiling from ear to ear. There we go. Right. Well, I, I think we'll uh, we'll draw the uh, first Saints FC podcast to a close. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it. And um, we hope to put out an, another one of these in the not too distant future. Yeah, maybe perhaps after that uh, cup final, we'll, we'll see how it's going and we'll put out another one then. But uh, thank you very much for listening, everyone. And uh, until next time, ta-ta. Thanks very much. <laughs>